You're listening to Origin Point, Episode 9 with Paul Jackman. Yep. Um, Eddie, what's your Fortnite update? <laughs> yep. Same as it always is. I feel like a broken record, Jake. So, a lot of stuff happened, actually, with the kiln. I did a lot of firings in the last fortnight. <clears throat> I had two bisque fires and two glaze fires that were all successful. That's good. Yeah. No, no real drama to report. I did, however, lose the two yarn bowls that I made. I made them too thin, and they were very fragile. So when I tried to load them in the kiln, I bumped both of them, mm. and they both fell apart. So I need to just reevaluate how it came. A little bit disappointing. But I've had some successes. The Ellen mug came out great. That's crafts with Ellen. We're doing a maker swap for Maker Central. So I've been trying to – she had re requested the mug that – I made her be a little bit different than the ones that I've been making where I make the badge separate from the mug. She asked to have her badge embossed into the body of the mug. Cool. So I've, I've done a few renditions of it. I haven't been too happy with the glaze treatments. They haven't really made it through until this kiln fire. And I was super excited. So I did a little bit different of glaze application on that too to let the white lines of her logo shine through. So I'm really happy with how that turned out. I did the final Izzy Swan mug, which I'm hoping to get down to his place in, I think he's in North Carolina, North Carolina or South Carolina, Rock Hill, somewhere close to that. I gotcha. I'm going to try and get down there uh, and get him those mugs. I'm going to give him actually all of them so he can give the extras to his kids. But cool. yeah, so those are all done. Um, the cowboy mug. Yeah, that one turned out great. Yeah, so we did the bisque fire, which was pins and needles, right? The If you hadn't seen it, it's a, a face mug, essentially, where it's a cowboy and he's got a giant nose and the top of his head is where the opening for the mug is. And the giant nose was what I was worried about because it wasn't hollow. Um, ben had just carved a giant nose and plopped it on the front of this mug. And if you know anything about pottery, you don't want things to be too thick because they'll dry unevenly or they might hold pockets of water. And if you put that in the kiln and it heats too fast, then it might explode or just slough off. So I didn't want either of those things to happen. Yeah, so, of course. I left it sit on a shelf for an extra two weeks and did the bisque fire. It was nerve wracking and it survived. And then we glazed it together. Um, ben did most of the work on the glazing because it was his piece and he really wanted to learn how to do it. So I helped him out a little bit at the end because it needed a couple extra coats before I put it in the kiln and I was trying to get it done. So we got it in the kiln for the second fire, which is the glaze firing. Turned out great. We shipped it to our client, who was Tracy Keaton. She's part of the maker community. And it arrived in Georgia, I think just in time for her birthday or maybe a day late. Um, but she was super excited. She posted awesome. it all over her social media, how excited she was. And just, 
you know, you can't ask for better projects than something like that. Yeah, it looked like it turned out great. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can get Ben to do some more of those. Yeah, that'd be good. And it'd I be, just it'd be really cool to see him do a little more because uh, the work that he does, it, lo it looks it just like the, the detail work, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I wish he'd do more of it, but I understand, you know, he's like, well, I don't want to spend all my time in the pottery studio. I want to be in my wood shop. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be making things in my wood shop. So, I mean, it's okay, but understandable. Same, I just get so geeked when he actually works in clay because he's so good at it. But yeah, so we've got some a uh, couple of pieces came out this last yesterday. I fired a bunch of stuff. And it came out yesterday morning. I did a live feed of unloading that kiln. And it wasn't as exciting because it's just a bisque fire, but I've got a lot of stuff to glaze. A lot of people's work from last Fortnite update when everybody came into town and tried to throw some pottery, uh, a lot of people's work came out. So they'll be able to either glaze here or what Figment's Maid is going to do is she's going to do, essentially, I'm going to be her hands and she's going to tell me what she wants to happen to her pieces so we'll see how that works out that see if i'm good at taking instruction <laughs> we'll see how that turns out yeah it sounds interesting yeah so we'll be doing a, a live feed, live stream of that probably thursday of this week well, that sounds but, fun yeah yeah for that. i was really excited that everyone everyone's pieces made it so even even uh gibby's Gibby's made it too, so excited for that. That's good. Yeah. How about your Fortnite? Um, uh, pretty much a lot of the same. Um, not much different. Uh, just getting more of the house set up. Uh, we did we did win uh we did win an auction for a bunch of crazy stuff, and I think we paid like fifty cents a table for like thirteen tables or something. It was a, it was a crazy good deal. So we'll have lots of um, we'll have lots lots more surfaces in the in the household, and then um. We uh, just, I got a better game plan for the shop and stuff like that. So uh, that'll be happening. A lot more will be happening on that this week. Uh, and just, just like a broken record, more stuff. I got a couple of craft shows that are coming up. So I got to get planned to make some stuff for that around our holiday plans. So, um, but you know, not, mu not much, <laughs> not I much more than that. You, you do have one other big thing that's changing. Oh my gosh. You're quitting your job, man. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, Friday was my last day at my, at my previous employer. And then this next week, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm starting a new, a new uh, full-time gig. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, it's a, it's a work from home position. So that's exciting, but um, it, it, it seems really cool. I like it. It's going to be part-time behind the computer and part-time in the field. So uh, pretty excited about that. Yeah. It's always interesting when you when you finish something and, and start something new. Like, yeah. Do you have anything to reflect back on from your time at your previous position? Um, just definitely a work life balance. You know, just finding that finding that work life balance is, is always good. And I think that that's what this new opportunity sounds like it's going to afford me is um, just being able to spend more time. Awesome. And I think that's pretty much it. I don't have a whole lot else that happened in the past couple of weeks. But uh, who did we talk to this week, Heidi? We talked to the amazing Paul Jackman. He is a maker 
and it, an amazing artist and idea guy. We also kind of thought that he was like a comedian with a medium. Yeah, definitely. He he uh, he definitely has a lot of humor in his edits, which is great. Keeps it lighthearted, and I, I really like how confused he makes all the traditional woodworkers. <laughs> For sure. Well, let's get into the interview. Sounds great. All right, Paul, we'll start off with our first question. What's your typical mode of transportation? Um, well, typically right now it's a bike because I live in Washington, D.C. and uh, I do a lot of road biking. But uh, I mean, I, I work from home, so the car doesn't get used very often. But if I'm in a car, it's a Honda Element. 2004, bright orange Honda Element. <laughs> Did you get that specifically painted Jackman orange? No, it's, it uh, it all just uh, worked out. <laughs> I bought that in 2008. So it was back when I was in high school. And and I bought that and just happened to work out that orange was the color. And I went to Syracuse, which is orange. And their mascot is an orange, literally. And <laughs> it just all kind of came together by accident. That's hilarious. But I've been driving that for 10 years now. Oh, it's, it's always funny to watch Crazy. your videos and see you loading it up with lumber and pallets. Oh, yeah. And like, I can't believe how much you can fit in that car. It's amazing. And I, have, I have got to find the speed bumps that you hit because, man, that would save me so much time with my pallets. <laughs> Only in DC, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Oh, I feel nuts. like. I feel like the uh, the low pressure water jet would definitely be easier to find. <laughs> it swells the wood up a little bit, so it's not ideal, but it works. So for all yeah. you listeners out there, uh, these are a lot of inside jokes based on Paul Jackman's videos. He does a lot of camera tricks, which we'll get into uh, in in a minute. But let's talk a little bit about who you are, Paul, and how you describe yourself and your interest. Okay. Um, I'm a full-time uh, content creator, which is kind of a weird word, but that's what I do. <laughs> I'm mostly a woodworker and mostly through YouTube. So I make videos usually a couple of months, uh, a couple of times in the month and uh, focus on mostly kind of high-end reclaimed and upcycled projects. Um, but that kind of varies quite often, kind of whatever I'm feeling that day and um, whatever the sponsors are feeling sometimes. So. Awesome. So you, you described a little bit about um, being a content creator, but it sounds like maybe you started off more uh, backtracking to some of our pre-conversations you were in construction. Yeah, so I, I started off as uh, a woodworker and doing construction. So I went to a vocational high school where I studied carpentry and woodworking for four years. And before that, I kind of did a little bit of woodworking with the few power tools that I had back then <laughs> and built like skateboard ramps and all that stuff. Um, but it was it was really the four years in high school that hooked me into it. And uh, the, the plan for me in high school was always just to, you know, graduate and work a few years in the field and then eventually start my own business doing woodworking or, you know, something related to that. Um, but I graduated high school in 2009. So when I graduated, there weren't very many jobs to be had, especially in construction. Uh, so I decided to go into uh, into college. 
which is something I didn't really want to do, but it ended up working out anyway, I guess. <laughs> and uh, went to Syracuse and studied civil engineering there, uh, graduated in 2013, and then ended up getting a job with a construction company, uh, working in the office, doing a lot of estimating and, and some project management stuff. And uh, I did that for three years and ended up after three years quitting that job and, and starting up. I'd, I'd been doing the woodwork on the side ever since high school and decided to switch that over and, and go full time. And the, uh, the reason that happened is because my wife joined the Coast Guard. Mm -hmm. So we had to move and I had to quit my job and I figured, you know, what better time to try this out full time, see if it works now and gave myself basically a year and said, you know, if this works out, I'll keep doing it. If not, I'll go back and there's plenty of construction and engineering <laughs> jobs to be had. So it was a win-win. So uh, with all that moving around, when did you start kind of documenting your processes? That was uh, back when I was doing the construction job uh, after college. Um, so about four years ago, I think, was my first kind of video and, and Instagram stuff that when that kind of kicked off. Um, so that was my first shop or first official shop. And it was down in the basement of my apartment in, in Salem. And uh, it was uh, not a particularly uh, well-fitted shop to me. <laughs> it's the, the ceiling joists were at six feet and I'm slightly <laughs> higher than that. So all my tools were kind of arranged around the, the ceiling joists so I could stand and work. And it, uh, it worked out. It, it, it was tricky for the videos, but the, the floor joists were a nice place to mount my camera for overhead shots. So just kind of made the best of the situation. And that's kind of how it all started. And it just, it took off from there. The shop hasn't left the, uh, the YouTube community though, right? Uh, isn't Graz there now? Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. It fits him a little better. It fits him way better. <laughs> <laughs> His beard is longer, but I'm taller than him. So it's uh it's it's a shop built for him and he's a buddy of mine he lived it was a duplex and he lived upstairs i lived downstairs when we moved out he they decided to move down into our apartment on the first floor and then the basement was opened up so he put a shop in the basement back you know right where i was so the it was basically seamless you know the videos you just had to switch channels and you could see the shop again because <laughs> <laughs> he had the table saw right in the same place it was like there's not much choice where to put stuff so it basically looked exactly the same as when I left. And having a teleporting doorway, you can always just go back and check on him, right? You never, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep an eye out for that. Oh, hey. Oh, you're naked. Sorry. <laughs> I'll come I, back later when you have pants. Yeah, that happens a lot in my shop. Uh, how did you kind of evolve from just showing off what you were working on to kind of um, – making more like educational entertainment like edu edutainment videos that's a good word i like that <laughs> um i mean the whole reason i started was really just to kind of learn how to use a camera and i wanted to be able to f photograph my my work better and you know the camera that takes photos also takes videos so i figured why not shoot some videos too and you know learn how to edit it was just kind of a extension of of that same thing and um, just started, I found Jimmy DiResta and, and Steve Ramsey and was really inspired by Jimmy in particular and his video style, how it was just very kind of minimalist and simplistic, yet it still got the point across and, you know, told a story really well. So 
um, my first videos, if you look back, are kind of reminiscent of, of Jimmy's style, kind of trying to mimic that. And, you know, little by little, every video kind of changed and, and became my voice and, and the, you know, the story that I wanted to tell and um, just basically make videos that I want to watch. It's it's just kind of you know fitting that that niche of something that I want to see and found a, a, you know a lot of woodworking content can be pretty dry and you know like Norm Abrams and stuff like it's very educational and and you know he has all the concepts down and everything and he's really good at teaching it but it doesn't bring in like a younger audience and and people that aren't already in love with woodworking you know it, it's it's very specific to people that already do that. And I'm, I'm trying with, with my content to bring other people into it. Like I, you know, I got lucky in high school to be able to study woodworking and I'm trying to kind of kick that off in people's minds too, you know, by making strange projects and, and kind of just stupid little editing tricks and stuff in my videos. It just kind of brings people in and, and keeps them around and, you know, people that not necessarily like woodworking or, you know, they think they might not do it. Um, they, they still watch just cause it's an entertaining video. I think I think so far my favorite comments on your channel have been the ones who are the hardcore work, woodworkers who don't understand what you're doing. And that's, that's I, I that's, love those. Those are my favorite <laughs> so far. And I see yeah. you always, you post them once in a while, and I just I laugh so hard. And they're like, "Why would you do this? Why would you roll around on your table saw?" Yeah, yeah, I love it so much too because it like just gives me a chance to like take a shot and and make fun of them because they're they're like they don't realize it but they're the butt of the joke at that point because they're just <laughs> they're completely missing what's going on there and and they're trying to make me into you know something that i'm not and um so i got nothing left to lose and uh they, you know. they just don't understand the dental benefits from eating uh, a handful of sawdust they <laughs> <laughs> they've never tried so they don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to tell you that Ben really wanted me, my husband Ben really wanted me to get into what he was into with in regards to like YouTube videos and woodworking. And I was having a really hard time because he was sending me people like um, John Hines and mm -hmm. um, the Wood Whisperer and even like the Samurai Carpenter. And I was like, dude, this is not entertaining to me at all. I, right. I'm not really interested in this. Can, like how do you watch so many of these and then I was just fumbling around and I I saw one of your videos it was I don't think it was in the basement shop I think it was in the one right after that where you had like the you were building the giant uh Adirondack chairs okay and uh I was like oh man he's he's doing some pretty cool shots here and then you farted at the end of the video and you had me <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many comments I've gotten that say that <laughs> Like on that, on that particular video, it's like, I don't know, probably hundreds of comments that said I subscribed just because of the, the fart sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so like, I had been sitting there listening, watching all of these redundant videos about woodworking. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And then there was like this nice, fresh looking video not like I was watching a lot of Laura Kampf which I I love her cinema cinema style mm -hmm. with what she's doing yeah, um and to have something so random just like happen in this video shook me and I was like oh who's this guy I gotta I gotta look up more of this guy's content and then you you like did this whole thing for the Jimmy Duresta doll 
where mm-hmm. you 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 built that case for it and everything. And I was like, I'm hooked. This guy's <laughs> this guy's funny. He's engaging. His projects are unique. And I'm actually learning something while I'm entertained. So kudos, a- man. You 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 did what you set out to do. Let's go back a little bit to you had mentioned that you really wanted to learn how to do camera work. And even in one of your interviews with, um, I think Carolina Boot did uh, in-depth behind the scenes with you where mm-hmm. they interviewed you. And you talked a little bit about your desire to learn camera skills. Have you taken any classes or has it just been looking up different techniques and stuff on YouTube and, and just watching other people? Yeah, it's it's all been self-taught um, and, and just through YouTube University, if you want to call it that, <laughs> just watching a lot of videos and, and, uh, my buddy, Pat Lapp, he's a French Canadian. Love uh, him. Le Pic Bois is his channel. Uh, I've been really, really close friends with him for a couple of years now. And, and he's, uh, he was professionally, uh, I guess he is now too, um, a video, uh, editor and, and kind of a marketing guy. Um, and he did a lot of graphics and video editing and stuff. And he's like really good with that and special effects and, and like every aspect of it. So he taught me a lot when I was getting started. And I always kind of feed off ideas. Like I have ideas sometimes, especially with like special effects now, cause I'm kind of, you know, stepping you know further and further down that road. And like, I have an idea, but I don't know how to do it and I'll throw it his way. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, <laughs> it's, that's it's easy, problem. man. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, 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 we can do that. Oh, it's good to have friends. So yeah, he's, he's helped me out a ton. and. Um, Graz too. He's another video editor. Uh, the guy that, that moved into my shop, he, uh, works for Carolina and, and does a lot of their video content or I think all of their video content. Um, so he's been a really good resource too. And just picking his brain and Pat's brain and watching lots of YouTube videos. And that's all it took. It's, it's a slow progression. You know, you learn mm-hmm. little things here and there. And I try, uh, to, to keep that advancing by, you know, adding a new thing in every video. So if it's an editing trick or, or, you know, some new special effect or a, a animated text or something like that, I kind of try and step that up little by little. And, you know, you, I look back at my videos from four years ago and, and see how much things have, have advanced and, and changed and, um, it's, it's paid off. That's awesome. I, I see a lot of people kind of mimicking your, uh, video style now, or they'll like duplicate themselves. Like, uh, who was it? Um, uh, Carl did for yeah. his, one of his lathe videos where he yeah. like duplicated himself in the room. And I was like, that's just awesome. That has to feel so good. I love I it. Think... I love it when people like tag me on Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like tearing a pallet apart and, and it's just falling I'm apart. I'm jacking this. <laughs> Driving over a speed bump. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I saw, I saw Jay Bates do the double, double person. That was yeah. pretty cool. And then- uh, He's been doing that for a while. I think I might've stolen that from him. Mm. I got you. I think the first inter- first time I tagged you on Instagram, I was um, I was building uh, this thing that you've probably never built before. It was a it was a big pallet display. <laughs> oh yeah, this sounds familiar. <laughs> and I was I was I had a craft show, and I was like looking at the cattle panels, and I was like, I really don't want to purchase a bunch of cattle panels. You know, they're lightweight and everything, but you know, I'm young. Let me uh, let me just lug around this gigantic pallet with uh, you know to hang my stuff on. Yeah, so I that's currently what's sitting in my shop. <laughs> For anybody that missed the joke. <laughs> but yeah. I, don't, I don't know how, how you did it, but I I basically I was just 
I was taking advantage of the structure of the pallet because they're they're very yeah. robust as it is. So what I did is I tore apart a couple of pallets and then I kept a couple intact and I just filled in the gaps with slats from the pallets that I took apart and made basically a solid wall of pallet slats and stood that yeah. up in the air. But I, I think yours is a lot better than mine because yours detaches into two different segments and it's what, uh, six foot high or so or seven six feet. and a half? Seven foot? Yeah. See, mine is a six foot pallet and luckily it's just one piece, but I slapped a bunch of white paint on it and um, I made sure to put the, the feet just on the backside and made a little platform to put an ice chest on because a lot of the craft shows you have ice chests mm -hmm. and stuff. And um, yeah, I went with this, I, I took all the boards off the original pallet uh, shot them through the the, um, the table saw and put a French cleat bevel on all of them and then put them back. And then that way, anything that I have, I just put on my pallet French cleat system. Okay. That's so. pretty smart. That's a lot of work, but that's smart. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> so some of the wood was already gone and it was easy to take off and I picked other boards and, you know, just kind of picked and chose, but I was able to get some decent boards to, to put a, a angle on and it was a lot more work, but I remember tagging you in that years ago, year, probably a year ago at this point. And I was just like, how does this make you feel? As I, as I hammered this board back under the pallet. <laughs> <laughs> I was posting in my Instagram stories yesterday, me nailing pallets back together. And I, I just said, I said, you guys can unfollow me now if you want. <laughs> So um, that kind of brings us to the next question. Have you always used uh, reclaimed materials or? Um, not always, but for a while it's been, um, I guess there's a couple of reasons behind it. It's cheap more, you know, usually it's, you know, like pallets are free. And um, I just picked up a bunch of oak. Uh, it was horse fencing. Um, got that from a reclaimed store nearby and it was uh, maybe 30, 40% off the price if I had bought it new. Um, so it's, if it's not free, it's a lot cheaper and, um, it kind of lends itself to more creative final results too. Um, so that's kind of the, the big driver for me is you kind of start with a non-ideal material and, and by the end, you know, to make it work the way that you need it to, you, you automatically kind of have to come up with creative solutions to make that material work. And, and by extension, your final project is more creative and, uh. And then, you know, the obvious thing of it being more environmentally friendly, if you're taking stuff from the trash and using that instead, like that's a, a big deal. That's really true, Tim. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I like to call myself his son. <laughs> the, the age difference is almost there, too, so it kind of works out. <laughs> Yeah, I think that um, you're you working with uh, reclaimed materials has also kind of given you a really unique style. I mean, I think now every time anybody sees these pallet, you know, the the milled up uh, wood cookies made of pallet wood, I think anybody can almost immediately recognize that is uh, something you made, you know, from your shot glasses and your giant uh, the pallet um, the pallet slab that you cut um, the 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 what would you call that the tree trunk the, the the cookie yeah i guess it was just a cookie the big, the big carolina piece yeah that was crazy and i would have never thought to do that that was awesome and the edges on that thing turned out insanely good yeah that's an idea i have to play around with more because the uh just the shape of the cookie it was basically for people who haven't seen it, it was split half and half i've got a real wood cookie from a, a piece of maple it was 
I was uh, ambrosia maple and sliced that right down the middle, which felt wrong. But the the other half kind of merges together uh, between the two halves, and the the other half is completely laminated out of pallet slats, and it's got kind of a mosaic pattern to it. And uh, used the the turbo plane from Arbortech to power carve the edge of the 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 pallet cookie part and uh, make that look like the other half of the cookie and kind of match it. But the, the way that I power carved it was kind of a little bit at an angle tapered down and uh, revealed this like cool, almost diamond pattern within the lamination. And uh, it's something I definitely didn't expect, but something I have to investigate further for sure. Mm. You seem to really like what Jake was saying. A lot of your work is really showing a Jackman look with the patchwork looking pieces. And it really seems like you, in some ways, purposefully enhance that look by choosing different woods to kind of make it dark here, light here, dark here, light here. Is that something that you just stumbled into, like this diamond shape thing that you're talking about? Or is it just something that's like, part of the process um i don't know i guess it's it's partially by accident like i um i knew that it would kind of create a cool visual effect i wasn't completely sure of the final result um, but i knew that just by creating that strange pattern with the big mix of different hardwoods there's um, probably almost 10 different species of wood in that thing. So it's a lot of different colors and really creates a cool visual. So mm -hmm. I knew that the carving kind of an organic shape into this blocky design would kind of create some cool effect. I didn't know what that would be, but I thought it would, it would be a cool visual thing. And uh, it, it, it was, I think. Are you seeing other makers doing similar things now that you're doing it more? Is it kind of like when you buy a new car and then you hadn't seen that car around a whole lot. And then when you get the new car, you see it everywhere. Are you, are you seeing that now with your style? Uh, like the videos or the palette projects? With particular? the palette projects. Yes and no. And, and yes, I'm seeing a lot of people like at my, my workbenches are made entirely out of pallet wood. And the, the top is just laminated from pallet slats. And that was, I think, 21 or 22 pallets total for my pair of workbenches slash outfeed tables. Um, so that's why I say yes and no. No, because a lot of people don't want to do that. <laughs> Un understandably so. And uh, a lot of people don't want to tear apart the pallets and glue them together. It's an it's a excruciating process. I'll even admit that. Um, yeah. So it takes a special person to do that. But there, there's still a lot of people that are you know duplicating my workbench top just because it's free quality wood and there's no reason not to as long as you're willing to take the pallets apart it's it's rock solid and i'm still using them now i've refinished them a couple times and the joints are all great nothing's popped apart if you do it right it's a super quality uh, piece of wood and and it looks cool you know especially for me in my videos it's something that's always in my videos because it's my workbenches so it's kind of if even if i'm not doing a pallet project like you kind of still see it there in the background so it just kind of reminds you of, of where you are. Have you found your like style or voice yet? Or you do you think you're still trying to find it? I think I'm there, but it's always going to change too. So like, you know, a year from now, I'm not sure what my videos will look like. I'm sure they'll be, you know, quite a bit different. Um, and I think that's good too, because that keeps the audience engaged and they enjoy seeing those changes from video to video. Um, but it was, it was a slow uh, progress from, you know, the first kind of Jimmy style videos to where I am now. And I feel like 
I don't know, maybe it took me two, two and a half years to kind of figure out what I wanted to do and kind of where I wanted to drive that. And uh, it's hard now to be unique because there's so many people doing it. Um, so that was part of the driver too, just kind of, you know, see what everyone else is doing and kind of go the other direction, mm. um, you know, just to, you know, kind of stick out a little bit and, um, you know, just by that nature, kind of you create more creative things too, if you uh, kind of try to push the boundaries a little bit. And, uh, you know, it took a couple of years to kind of figure out what that exactly was. And uh, from there, it's it's even evolved further. Um, you know, even if you just look six months, maybe a year ago, I'm sure my videos look quite a bit different than they do now. Well, yeah, they don't have a waterfall anymore. Yeah, rub it in. Thanks. <laughs> okay. So, Paul, what's it like to go from being a woodworker to being a YouTube creator to now a brand spokesperson for the community for things like Arbor Tech and Carolina Boots and different things? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's definitely strange. It's a strange, mm -hmm. it's not where I saw myself. Definitely. You know, like thinking back to high school, um, you know, the plan was to eventually own my own woodworking business. And I definitely did not see it being what it is today, but right now I own my own woodworking business. Um, you know, very different from, from what I expected, but, um, I don't know. I think I enjoy it more cause I'm kind of using woodworking as a way to learn other things and, you know, learn marketing and, and stuff like that and, and work with cool companies like uh, Carolina and, and Arbor Tech, a couple of my main sponsors and um, Carolina, like they really weren't in the social media game too hard and kind of the branded content stuff. So um, they were a cool company to hook up with and uh, just kind of, I was able to kind of hold their hand through the process and kind of more than just selling ad spots in my videos, you know, just like little commercials, which I really don't like to do. And I don't think I ever have, um, you know, it's, it's kind of working with them to incorporate the branding within the project itself. So it's kind of all just one whole piece and you don't feel like the video is interrupted by an ad because nobody likes to see that, including myself. Um, so I kind of was able to hold their hand through the process and kind of teach them the ins and outs of YouTube and Instagram and all the stuff that I had learned by building my own brand and kind of growing on those different platforms. So um, it's kind of a, a really cool partnership where, you know, we kind of feed back and forth on each other. And, mm. you know, I, you know, throw followers their way, they throw followers my way, because we're kind of feeding off of each other. And, um, you know, their YouTube channel and Instagram and everything has been growing. And um, it's, it's more than just selling commercials on my channel to my followers. It's like a real, uh, you know, relationship, I forget what you called it. A partnership partnership yeah so mm -hmm. it's it's uh you know i'm a representative of the brand kind of you know as a whole you know when people think carolina they think me and, and when they think me they think carolina it's kind of a back and forth um you know almost like a an endorsement like a sports endorsement kind of deal mm. um where it's not it's not like a kind of rigid thing it's just a more organic uh free-flowing thing and you know they're very open to ideas i can throw ideas across their plate and they've said no very few times and i throw out some weird ideas sometimes and <laughs> you know i appreciate it it's very open relationship and same thing with arbor tech um we're kind of working hand in hand to kind of grow the whole power carving community mm -hmm. and you know whether it's arbor tech or you know whatever tools it is you know our uh, power carving itself is a very approachable uh 
um, subset of woodworking. And it's not necessarily defined as a subset all the time. Like, you know, wood turning is like a very clearly defined, like there's people that do wood turning and there's channels that just do wood turning on, on YouTube. Um, and, and for power carving, there really isn't that. And, and people don't necessarily think about power carving when they think about woodworking, like chainsaw carving is kind of its own thing, but power carving is different from that. Cause it's something you can incorporate into your regular woodworking projects. Um, so I'm kind of working along with them to kind of develop that and just so, show people how those tools can be used mm -hmm. in the regular projects. And, um, you know, it's just another kind of organic relationship when I think of a cool project that I can use the turbo plane to carve a live edge of a pallet slab. Like they're all for that. Cause it's just a odd application for it. And it gets people thinking, you know, what can I use this for? And, um, that's, that's good for everybody. I think it's obviously it's good for them because it's business, but it's, you know, good for other people because they're, you know, kind of thinking off the wall and, and kind of advancing that idea. And, uh, that's kind of what I want to see people do is kind of take my ideas and push them even further, you know, push them, you know, kind of past the the point that I've brought them to and see somebody do a pallet lamination and take it in a different direction. Like, you know, that's, that'd be awesome. Are, are they some of your biggest influences these days, as well as uh, maybe who are some of your more current mentors that kind of you follow along with, or you get inspiration from uh, where, where do you find, where do you, what do you tap into to find your inspiration these days? I'd say, I mean, a little bit of it is from the sponsors. I try as much as I possibly can to not have the sponsors dictate the project. And the the sponsorship is almost secondary to the project. The project is kind of an idea that I came up with. And I have a list that I'll probably never check everything off of, of just random ideas. Um, and and each week I just kind of pick something uh, or, you know, if, if I need like a dresser or something like that for my apartment, like I can kind of explore that idea and and figure out how to incorporate a sponsor into that um i don't know what was the question again i feel like i'm going in the, the wrong direction <laughs> no it's okay no i was i was where do, where do you find inspiration uh these days okay. is it, you know is it just the sponsors or do you also find some influence from other youtubers or um you know people who may not be on youtube but in the woodworking community do you yeah, yeah, do you yeah. have certain sources uh for you know different people that maybe you talk to on a regular basis that you are able to uh find an inspiration from yeah i mean there's there's so many so many people that i follow on youtube and instagram and all that stuff and it's amazing because you can get so much so much different inspiration uh, across the board all sorts of different genres and uh, people just from different backgrounds and different locations in the world and all that. Um, I don't know. My, I guess my inspiration just comes from kind of pushing the boundaries and um, a lot of the projects kind of start from a, a small design idea and kind of the whole project is built around that. Um, it comes from a lot of different places, like maybe other, other YouTubers just seeing other designs that aren't necessarily woodworking um, just random art, uh, and stuff like that. Just kind of a, a cool, uh, kind of a visual concept that you can pick up, uh, from stuff. Like I'm in, I currently live in Washington, DC and there's a bunch of museums around here. And I love going to the museums cause you see just all this different stuff and, and it kind of just triggers ideas in, in your brain, um, whether you realize it's happening or not. And, and it's kind of, it all feeds off of, off of itself. And, um, I mean, watching, Jimmy DiResta always gives me ideas and 
Um, I don't know, Bobby Duke, another favorite of mine. Uh, Pat Lapp, of course. Um, I don't want to start naming people because I'm going to forget people. <laughs> but there's 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 so many, and and I get inspiration both from the woodworking front and from the video front uh, from watching people's videos. Um, well, so like, uh, could you throw out any? Could you throw out any names of people maybe in, in the non-maker community, the people that may not know, we may not know of? Oh man, um, I mean, uh, Rhett and Link seem to be one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, for whatever reason, I find myself falling a lot from comedians. Like, I just, I'm, I'm fascinated with the way that a lot of their brains work and kind of how they piece stuff together. And, and there's a weird similarity between what they do and what I do. And, um, kind of, you know, taking little bits of information and kind of forming that into a joke or a story or whatever that's kind of, you know, it's, it's one final piece of, of free flowing stuff. Kind of like, you know, I have, an idea like I did for my dresser of, of laminating together different species of plywood to come up with a cool pattern. Like that idea of the laminated plywood is something that I saw somewhere, you know, the kind of visual, uh, the look of that. And, and it became a dresser kind of a final, a final piece. And, and uh, obviously incorpor incorporating the jokes and stuff into my videos too um, comes, comes from that. And uh, I mean, Rhett and Link are like some of the founding fathers of, of YouTube really. And, and of, of really building like just this insanely large operation from just these two guys that are throwing ideas back and forth, just jokes and, and just these parody songs and stuff. And, and they have like 40 people working for them now. And it's, it's just insane. And to see that growth, it only happened in, I don't know, it's probably seven, eight years. Um, so they're, yeah. they're definitely an inspiration from, you know, many different levels. And, uh, you know, I made that, that cutting board for them. That was just, uh, a kind of a way to get my name out there possibly if they happen to mention it, if not, like that's cool too. And it was just a piece that I hoped that they would use. And they had a video, it was today or yesterday came out and the, yeah. the cutting board was in there and they're still <laughs> using it. And that was three or four years ago that I built that. And that thing still pops up and I love it every time it, it pops up on there. That's awesome. Well, I love that a lot of your work is kind of random and so wacky, like the the baseball chair or building a giant Adirondack chair, or giant Lego man. And one of your most recent projects, you incorporated one of Jimmy's projects where you made a biggie sized utility knife. Is that some direction that you think you'll continue doing just biggie sizing things and making them out of unique materials? Yeah, I mean, it's it seemed to have become a thing. I've kind of trade I've trademarked it as Jackman sized, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's kind of starting to take on a life of its own. And uh, I don't know, I enjoy it. It's 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 very clickable content because it's kind of off the wall, uh, which works out good for me. But it's also fun to build because it's off the wall, and and you know you you don't know how to build a, a three time scale utility knife um, or a, a, a three foot wide baseball chair. You know it's. Uh, gives you a lot of creative challenges, you know, both in woodworking and then from the video front, because you got to figure out how to present this thing to people to have it make sense. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely going to keep going. I, I have some other ideas for sure. <laughs> some, some really good ones that I think are going to uh, lend themselves well to, uh, to videos. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's a way to kind of think it's outside the box too. Um, mm. 
you know, you kind of pick up different techniques that you might not if if you were, you know, just doing kind of a, a shaker style table, you know, something that, you know, a lot of people have done and that's good. You know, I've done it. That's how I built my foundation of my skills. Um, but you kind of, you want to keep evolving that and, uh, you know, with, with the, the Jackman size things, like you just, you don't know where that's going to go. So it's kind of a, a fun road to go down. And, and that's really why I want to do this is, you know, to have fun and, you know, have other people have fun by, by watching <laughs> me do that. Well, I was going to say, you got the next couple projects lined up. I think I just saw there was an exacto knife and a, a straight, straight razor. Uh, to, now there you go. You can build some biggie size more knives. I'm, I'm gonna have to. Jackman yeah. size. Yeah, well, it's funny how many people were tagging me on that post when Jimmy posted it. Oh man, I believe <laughs> it. I can only imagine. Yeah, because we we've been talking about the uh, the Exacto blade already, so I knew something was coming. But that's a little bit bigger than I had pictured, so that's <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> uh, so. Um, you're on like your 15th or 16th shop now. How do you, um, how do you stay so inspired moving all the time, having to pack everything up and move all the time? I don't know. How many shops are you really on by this point? <laughs> uh, it's, it's my third official shop, kind of my fourth shop. Okay. Uh, so I started uh, out of my parents' basement, but didn't have a shop in it. So I had like a corner of the basement for my tools. And whenever I worked, I pulled them outside. And the, the backyard was my shop. So I don't know if you count that as an official shop, but that was kind of the, the first workspace that I had on my own. And uh, then from there, I moved up to, to Boston and had the basement shop and then moved to Rhode Island a few years after and had a shop there. In a, it was an old textile mill in Rhode Island, right on a river with a waterfall. And mm. I, I don't miss it at all. <laughs> and uh, I was there for just a year. And my wife got transferred out to DC. So I decided I, I should probably come with her and gave up that shop. And <laughs> probably good with her. <laughs> it was probably a good idea. The commute would have been terrible, I bet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That'd be a long, a long road trip in the element. See, for me, it's hard to tell how far stuff is in the Northeast because it, it takes me 12 hours to get out of Texas. So it's, I'm going it's, to Louisiana. It's hard for me in, in the opposite way. Like where my shop was in Rhode Island, I tell people, if you go 30 minutes in any direction, you'd be in a different state or you'd be in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, see, for me, if you go 30 minutes, you might be downtown, but right. it, depends on what, it depends on what freeway you take. Yeah. <laughs> you'd barely make a dent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny now because I'm in, I'm in the city of D.C., and it's, it's very small, so you kind of go either direction. You're in Maryland or Virginia. And I forget, like, I'll, I'll plan on doing something in Virginia, and I don't realize how far away that is because Virginia is such a big state compared to mm -hmm. Rhode Island and Massachusetts and, and all that stuff. So you can drive four or five hours into Virginia and still be in Virginia. <laughs> so i gotta, I got to be more careful about that. It definitely seems as uh, your projects have gotten bigger, your shops have gotten smaller. Yeah, I don't like how that works. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to move. <laughs> I'm scared what's going to happen next. I'm going to be back down in the basement. <laughs> Speaking of that, is there anything that, besides your, obviously your tools, is there anything that you take with you to these shops when you move that you keep on display to help keep you grounded or anything? Yeah, I mean, my my shop, a lot of it is built out um, 
you know, kind of anticipating the moves and stuff. And it's, it's very modular. Uh, my miter saw station is built in sections that can be divided both to move them and to rearrange if, if my next shop needs, you know, a different configuration. Um, so my, my shop now, although the shop itself is very different, it doesn't have, it does have a river. That's the Potomac river, but it's not right outside <laughs> a little bit bigger. Um, but the, with that, it's it's very familiar because the you know the same shop furniture and stuff is there, and I have a French cleat wall that I built back when I was in Massachusetts, and that's moved with me because I built it on a panel so that it could be moved, um, and I still have those up in the shop with everything else in my my peanut butter jar display. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, I mean it still has kind of the same visual to it, and uh, it's it's fairly consistent within the videos too, which is good. So. You know, people clicking through will still recognize that that's my that's my project, um, but I have a I do have a French cleat wall that has a bunch of different stuff on it, like the Diresta ice pick doll thing that I made the the shadow box, I guess you could call it, um, and and there's a bunch of stuff on there like uh, keychains and stuff from other makers, and uh, Carl Jacobson made like a weeble wobble with with my my face drawn on it. Um, so I have a bunch of like collector's items from the maker community kind of all on that wall. Um, so that's kind of, I think what you're thinking of maybe kind of mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. just something to, to remember. It's right by my shop door when I walk in. So I get to see it every day and, and kind of remember, you know, when I, when I'm in the shop, it's very kind of alone. You're by yourself and very quiet. And in this shop, there's zero windows. Um, so you kind of forget that there's an outside world, but kind of when you walk in, you see that wall and you remember why you're doing all this and, and kind of all the other people in, in the community that I'm, I'm friends with. And, you know, I wouldn't be friends with them otherwise. And uh, yeah, got a shot glass display too. So <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have maybe, I don't know, maybe almost 10 shot glasses now from different. Oh, nice. That kind of, that all stemmed from the Carolina shot glass project. Yeah. Don't drink out of that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> have you been reading Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little yeah. to prep. <laughs> So, um, with all your new, unique projects and um, your uh, with with all your new, unique projects and you, the amount of time that you must spend editing all these videos, uh, what kind of schedule do you maintain, or is it like goal based? Like, how do you? Is it a weekly thing? Is it a project thing? Is it a whatever I feel like thing? I mean, it it kind of changes. Back in Rhode Island, it was a weekly thing for a while. And that was very tough to uh, push out weekly videos with kind of the type of projects that I make and with the video style that's more editing intensive than, than some, you know, like a simple voiceover is something a lot easier to pump out and probably a better business move. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I did weekly for a while, which really helped my channel grow. But at a certain point, I just had to call that quits and kind of go you know, every other week pretty much is kind of the schedule that is, I've figured out works well for me. Uh, so I'm not going crazy and, and I'm still able to make the projects that I want to make. So it's uh, not really a, a, a strict schedule, but it, it works out to pretty much every two weeks. And it's just really when the projects get done. And a lot of the projects that I do, you know, have some weird concept behind them that I've never done before. So I don't know how long it's going to take. And more often than not, it takes longer than I think it will. <laughs> <laughs> With that, um, what advice would you give to someone either looking to showcase their work or even start out with just doing a woodworking journey? 
I'd say be patient. It takes a lot of time. Um, I've been doing this for 10 years now. I'm only 27 and I still have a lot to learn. And, uh, you know, both on video editing and on woodworking, um, you know, just acquiring the tools alone takes a lot of time. And, and I, I think people get discouraged a lot. They see my shop, which is still, uh, you know, a fairly, you know, moderate shop. That's not, it's not full of powermatic tools or anything like that. You know, it's, uh, you know, very achievable, but it's taken me, you know, a while to build that up. It's, you know, the past four years really, uh, that I've had my own shop of my own tools. And, you know, if you looked at my, my shop four years ago, it looked quite a bit different. Um, and, uh, yeah, be, be patient with that and, and with your skills too, because your skill set takes a while to develop and, um, you'll get to a certain point where it kind of clicks and, uh, you can go from kind of following plans, following dimensions on a build to, uh, you know, applying that stuff that you've learned to then, you know, any project that you want. And, and you can kind of, you know, see a, a piece that you want to make and know how you would make that. You know, it, it takes a little while. I, I know when I started out, that was kind of a frustrating thing for me. Like I could see a project, but I didn't know how to get from pieces of lumber to that final piece. And that's kind of a big hurdle. But once you get over that, it, it you kind of, you know, really clicks in your mind. And, and there's like a certain point where you realize you're like, oh, you know, I've, I've got it. And, you know, I can I can build anything now, you know, with my mm -hmm. skill set, you know, even if it has kind of stuff that you haven't done before and techniques that you haven't done before, you kind of know how to apply those in a roundabout way and, and you can figure it out. And uh, it's the same thing with video editing too. kind of you get that that foundation and figure out how to use the software and um, you can you can edit a concise video that, that looks good. And, you know, from there, it's, you know, the sky's the limit. Cool. Well, uh, if people wanted to find you on the internets, where would they, where would they go to find you? Uh, Jackman works everywhere. Uh, Reddit, if, if you want to troll me and, you know, everywhere <laughs> else, if you want to be nice to me. Well, I'm glad we got to dissect the palette of Paul Jackman. That was a, that was a pretty cool interview. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dude is just really on his game right now with the stuff that he's doing for his work with Arbor Tech, his work with Carolina, Carolina. Boot. It's, it's just, it's really fascinating to see the stuff that he's coming up with, but it's also great to hear a little bit about the behind the scenes, what kind of drives him to try things out that kind of push the boundaries or push the limits of these tools and their uses. And you're right, your intro coming in where you said he confuses traditional woodworkers. I, I think a lot of people, if you sat and, and he just told you what he was gonna make, uh, on paper, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But once you see the final products, it's really interesting what he's able to, to create and the visuals that he comes up with. Like he recently did the Carolina boot um, sole. Yeah. And he used the Arbortech tool to carve the sole of the boot, the footprint essentially in a piece of wood. And then he cut it into parts and he, he's using it as like an installation piece, which is so cool. Yeah, I, I, I saw that one and I challenged him. I said, hey, you know, you do all these really awesome Carolina logos with uh, with your Arbortech tools, but I have not once seen you do 
a ArborTech logo with a Carolina. <laughs> so I challenged him on that one. Uh, we'll see if he actually takes it and run, runs with it at all. But um, I, know that, awesome I know that I know that Carolina Boot Boot made a um, a comment on it and said and and, and accepted the challenge. So <laughs> it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, he just I like the variety in which uh, he has and and the entertainment value of his of his videos are phenomenal because you you could look up how to do all the joinery and all the, the processes that he does from, you know, hundreds of other people. It's the fact that of how he incorporates it into his video and how he makes it much more of a story. Um, and sometimes it's a loose story or it just has humorous parts, but it's great. And then um, the entertainment value is, is, is phenomenal with his videos and just to learn how much time he puts into all of his edits um, I really have a whole new founder of respect, you know, the, the, the amount of time that people edit videos, um, versus how much he edits videos, you would, you would consider that a, a probably a Jackman size amount of time, um, for his edits, <laughs> but Millennial Jesus, yeah, but you know, every, every different slat that makes up the, the Jackman palette definitely adds value. It seems <laughs> You just can't stop with the pallet jokes, can you? No, he can't. it's just like he can't stop with using the pallets. That's, you know, I don't think, I think there is a handful of, of uh, buried YouTube videos where he uses new products. Oh, man. <laughs> but the, the value that he brings to, you know, showing what you can achieve from, you know, recycled materials is, is fantastic. You know, um, just overall great I, I would i would definitely like to sit down and, and talk with him again and just see what other ideas he has floating around yeah for sure but it was it was good to hear kind of where he got his start how he ended up making videos and i i'm really excited to see where he goes from here me too so jake what's your Fortnite forecast so my forecast is probably a lot of the same. I'm going to go pick up some of the auction stuff that we won, um, and then we'll integrate that into the house. And then I'm hoping to get a little more done on the uh, on the shop. This, this That's my plan for this week is to really kind of get going on the shop. Uh, I think I'm going to tear out some of the stuff that's there and re reorganize it. <clears throat> I'm going to get ready for uh, next week. I have the electricians coming to uh, put in a little more power and a few extra outlets, which would be great, and hang some lights. Uh, well, I'll probably hang the lights, but it, I have some receptacles put in for the for the ceiling as well. So it'll be good. Um, it, it'd be an exciting couple of weeks to, to get a lot done in the shop and try to get things set up for a little bit of the holiday season and then probably more so for after the first of the year, really get going and buckle down. But um, other than that, I can't, I can't really think of a whole lot. Get some things maybe hung on these walls behind me. Yeah. <laughs> so Decorate been a blank canvas yeah we're getting to that stage now where we're, we've got all the stuff organized or most of the stuff and now it's all the little nitpicky things and then now it's going to be getting stuff on the walls and uh, once i have the shop set up we'll be able to a little be a little easier about making some shelves because i think a lot of places we want to make shelves that way we can rotate out the knickknacks that go on the shelf so because there's nothing worse than putting a bunch of holes in the a rental <laughs> so but how about you? What is your forecast for the next couple of weeks? Well, it's 
getting into Christmas season. So with pottery, you have to really have your things thought out and planned out so that you can deliver in time for Christmas. So I've got a lot of Christmas orders, a lot of random things like bowls and mugs and personalized things. Uh, I've got an actually pretty large order of mugs for me, which is um, like eight mugs. So those are all actually pretty much done. They're just drying upstairs. So it's a lot of hurry up and wait kind of stuff. So I've got that going on. I've just moved to another section of the garage or of the basement. So I've been working on organizing all of my glazes and my little space there. I want to get some shelves up on the wall so that I can store my glazes up high rather than, you know, not being able to read the labels and have to go through every single jar. Uh, but it's, it's fun. I, I'm planning on doing a bunch of ornaments, so I'll probably share some videos and posts about how I'm going to make those. Um, basically, just real, real simple. Um, and I'll, I'll showcase that process for you. And then um, I'm probably going to be helping Ben with this, um, this workbench that he's working on in his wood shop. So he'll probably cool. just need an extra set of hands to assemble it. What kind of workbench is he making? It's a split top workbench and it has like this well that you put your tools in. So it's mainly a workbench that I think most fine woodworkers use when they do a lot of hand tool work. Um, so he's, yeah, he's going to get that together. He, he's been waiting for like two years to build his workbench and he was like, obsessed with the idea of making something that was like heirloom quality but then he sent he started thinking like by the time i get to build something like that i'm gonna be too old and my shop i'm, I'm not gonna have anywhere to work so cool. so yeah you gotta have the practice workbench and yeah then he'll use it right and he'll tear it up and he'll figure out what he likes and what he doesn't like with this workbench yeah and then this becomes the workbench that he just puts the power tools on top of in a few years <laughs> when he builds his heirloom quality purple heart workbench yeah it's like you know yeah <laughs> well he he actually watched a video of our buddy tony's that uh he made like um i don't know what type of wood maybe it was pine or like mm. two by fours or something that uh he built this really great workbench out of and Ben was like really inspired by that. So he's kind of taken, taken notes on that and decided to make this workbench instead of like making the, the, the tool benches, you know, for the, yeah. the, the extender or whatever they call that for the table saw and um, the cart for table. the, yeah, the outfeed table. So that was what he was going to do first, but you know, Jake, he's been using his, um, <laughs> This is ridiculous. He's been using his table saw as his workbench for like no, that's, the last two I, years. I grew up that way. My my dad's table saw has been the workbench of the shop for years. <laughs> and he even built his own workbench and then made the mistake of letting me in the workshop. And he still uses his table saw because uh, I had stuff all over the workbench. He's so excited to have me out of the shop now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but I, so that's actually been my thing is I've been trying to debate how I, what I want to do for my shop in the next few weeks. And I think I've actually, I've decided since I can't, since I can't confirm exactly what I want for my workbench or outfeed table and storage, um, I'm taking a step back from that and I'm, I've found some sawhorses that I want to make. And so I'm going to do sawhorses and just put a piece of 
uh, probably plywood or OSB on top of that. Then that way they're movable, they're easy to break down. And then when it's all said and done and I figure out what I want to make, then um, and have more resources to like buy material and stuff like that to make a, a nice, big, sturdy um, outfeed table on wheels. Because um, I'm thinking like a like 10 foot piece or something by four foot, like it's going to be massive. Uh, but I want it to be able to roll onto a trailer later. And so my thought process is, um, you know, for right now, since I don't know exactly what I want, I'm going to build sawhorses, make some temporary workstations, and um, that way they can all move relatively easy. And when it's all said and done, I've got, you know, I think I think I'm going to do uh, eight sawhorses. So that way, later on, uh, I can overtake the um, the driveway when I when I've got to do some finishing <laughs> on a project. You know, I've got to think about, you know, expanding the troops and just making more square footage. You know, it's what we talked about before. There's never enough. <laughs> There's never enough space there, is it? Never yeah. enough. So, you know, I think that's my goal for right now is to just kind of do that and rearrange the shop as I want. So, but awesome. Yeah. I do actually. Uh, uh, I follow a girl named Patty Brooklyn. Well, her, her real name's Patty strap but uh, she goes by Patty Brooklyn. She's in New York City. She is a, she's got a litany of things, but I know her mostly through her sewing and her tailoring and her fabrics work. So she's an amazing seamstress. She's also a great teacher. She teaches uh, courses on sewing for beginners in New York City. And she actually makes like really cool custom things from the maker community. So um, Brett from Skull and Spade sent her one of his t-shirts, like an oversized t-shirt, and she turned it into this like tunic skirt kind of thing, this awesome. dress. So it was it was so cool. She didn't put pockets on it. it, was, it was I have to check that out. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. And she's like always there if, if any of us have any questions about sewing or, or like what type of fabric to get or what type of stitch to use. She's like, super friendly and super kind and generous with her time so definitely my shout out is patty brooklyn you can find her on instagram at patty brooklyn gotta, patty gotta with an I. <laughs> oh i gotcha i'll have to i have to probably ask her some questions when i get to my han solo outfit yeah <laughs> that's awesome well my shout out for the week is uh, mikey the maker uh he actually just put out his third video on youtube this week and um he doesn't have a huge following on youtube but he's got a massive following on instagram um his uh youtube video for this week was really cool because it was um all the tools in his shop from makers well not all of them but it's a good good selection of tools that other makers have made in small batches or produced um, like the Duresta Ice Pick or um, some stuff from Tony Rulu. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's been really interesting to see uh, the selection of tools that he has and really the the jump that he's had um, over the past. He's only really been into woodworking two and a half years, two, two and a half years. And um, it's just been really cool. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't really know of him a whole lot until more recently. And, um, I found out that he's local to me, so I was like, "That's that's pretty cool." I might have to uh, to befriend him and maybe even see if I can get him uh, to on the show um, to kind of share his story of how he got into woodworking. But uh, I'd highly recommend going and checking him out. Some of the stuff that he's working on is um, you wouldn't have expected him to be in the craft for only only a couple of years because um, he really he really jumped in there and and just dove in head first and all of his projects are just fantastic now so highly recommend mikey the maker 
Awesome. I just followed him on Instagram. If you enjoyed this interview and all the other ones, um, share. feel free to share the show with uh, your friends and family. And if you'd like more in-depth or just the interviews, check out our Patreon where we do uh, the extended length interviews. Um, as well, we have uh, a couple other things going on there that we're, we're kicking around ideas on. If you have any ideas, let us know. Um, and if you, if you have anybody that uh, you want to hear us interview, just, just let us know. Maybe give us some suggestions or ideas. You can reach out to us on uh, Instagram, or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Um, we have a contact page on our website. Uh, however, you know, you can leave us a review and, and tell us that too. Uh, but I hope you have a great couple of weeks, and we'll see you then.